This is the Raising Athletes Podcast, Episode 13, with Channing Fry, 11-year NBA veteran. Hi. This is, I'm, bleh. <laughs> <laughs> Once you know it's for real, you're like, uh, <laughs> okay. Hi, I'm Kirsten Jones. And I'm Susie Walton. And this is our podcast, hashtag Raising Athletes with Kirsten and Susie. Our passion is supporting parents and raising not only strong athletes, but extraordinary people. Join us each week as we tackle all topics youth sports, including everything from early specialization and overuse injuries, to helping our kids feel empowered and learn how to advocate for themselves, not only in the classroom and on the court, but at dinner tables and in their communities. We'll be talking to coaches, athletes, parents, and anyone else who will speak to us <laughs> about their experiences with youth sports and their paths to success. And even more importantly, their failures. Yes, we're going to get into the gritty details of what went wrong so that we can all learn from it, teach our kids and ourselves how to do better next time. Because in the words of Maya Angelou, when you know better, you do better. So welcome to Raising Athletes, because we love to win too. Let's do this. Channing Fry is an American professional basketball player who just finished his 11th season in the NBA with the Los Angeles Lakers. The 6'11 power forward slash center played college basketball at the University of Arizona. He was drafted eighth overall by the New York Knicks in the 2005 NBA draft and was the first college senior to be selected in that draft. He has previously played for the New York Knicks, the Portland Trailblazers, Phoenix Suns, Orlando Magic, and the Cleveland Cavaliers. This was a wonderful conversation with Channing, and in complete alignment with the goal of our podcast, which is to support parents, Channing had to take this call while walking laps with his nine-month-old girl. <laughs> Remember those days when you couldn't set the baby down, so you just needed to pace back and forth? Well, that's what he was doing today during our call. So we apologize for the quality of the audio, but please bear with us because the nuggets he delivers are so worth it. He talks about trying many other things than basketball. In fact, his first passion was actually the trumpet. He lays down what he looks for in a teammate and who he aspires to be as one. We discuss mindset and what it takes to make it at every level, how you need to show up, even when, or especially when things don't go your way. At the very end, stick around because he shares with us LeBron's secret weapon and one he's adopted himself. Don't assume that once you've made the NBA, you've arrived, you've, got all, you've put in all the hard work, um, and now you, you can just rest on your laurels. Ask this NBA champion who was part of the 2016 Cavs championship team. Please enjoy this week's episode. We sure did. Hi, and welcome to today's episode of Raising Athletes. We're so excited to have Channing Fry on today. But before we introduce him, let us tell you a little bit about ourselves. I'm Kirsten Jones, a peak performance and sports parenting coach. My passion is helping others align their values with their mission and their mindset to get what they want in life. As a former Division I volleyball athlete and a 14-year Nike executive, I've always been curious about what makes peak performers tick. As a mother of three young athletes and someone who is currently in the middle of supporting my oldest son's dream to play hoops in college, Susie and I have created this podcast to help other parents who are trying to raise not only strong athletes, but more importantly, extraordinary people. 
And I'm Susie Walton, founder of Indigo Village. I'm a mom of four incredible sons and a grandma to nine little ones. I'm a speaker, author, family coach. I've always loved sports, been an athlete myself. I'm still playing beach volleyball. I'm in a tournament this weekend. And my passion is kids. And one of the best ways I know to support kids is by supporting their parents and creating the family of their dreams. So, Jeremy. Yes, what's up? <laughs> I don't have that. I'm just, uh, just a lonely old basketball player with four kids. That's it. Yeah, and if you guys can see right now, Jenny's actually holding his newest and groomest yeah, yeah. girl. Hi, baby. Oh, uh, yeah. The girl Lennox. And here goes, I got two more crawling around here like blizzard. <laughs> okay, well, let's get it going. So we're going to start with your childhood. We're going back to the beginnings, okay? Yeah. And um, we have an audience of parents who are raising athletes at all levels from little guys all through their, you know, teenage years. And there actually have some athletes that actually are listening to the podcast too. So Shani, like when, like when did you develop a passion for sports and when did you know basketball was the thing? Like around what age? Well, I was always tall, right? And my mom was, I would say the left side of the brain. I think that's right. So she was like, you don't have to do anything you don't want to. So I was in art camp. I was in the band. I was in Boy Scouts. I was, you know, doing uh, acting classes. I was doing everything except for sports um, because she said, you know, hey, listen, you have a choice. You don't just have to play basketball because you're tall. And my dad was like, yo, you're going to play basketball because you're tall. <laughs> so it was actually like, it was fun because they said, you don't have to play if you don't have fun. And that was the biggest thing for me was just, they just let me kind of grow through it. Hmm. Um, um, they let me just like develop on my own without any pressure. And then my dad, I think, um, would just put me through when I was younger. He would just say, Hey, do you remember like you missed that shot? He'd be like, do you want to go work on it? You know, and then we'll go get ice cream. But like, I would end up being, I know you do. That's my, that's my son. So, um, <laughs> so he would literally encouraged me to get better and then it ended up becoming a habit um and it, it just made it fun it made it an opportunity for me to meet new friends um that's <laughs> so many comments um you know and, and for me it was like i did it because i wanted to not because yeah. i was forced to and i got better at it because i loved it and it was like a challenge for me you know as a kid that was awesome yeah, so that was when, like. When did you decide basketball was it? Man, you know what? Not till late. Um, it actually happened when, um, in ninth grade, where the band coach said, "Hey, Channing, you're six eight. Um, <laughs> you, you need to go to PE for sixth period, not band." And I cried, and I was like, "But I love playing the trumpet, you know." And they were like, "Channing, this is going to be your life from now on." Like. You're good. You could be really good if you practice. And I said, okay, this is now where we have to kind of get serious. And that's why I really started practicing all the time, like lifting weights, like joining AU teams and stuff like that. So it was, I was a late bloomer. Oh, nice. That's a good story. Wow, Great. I didn't know that about you, Daddy. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I'm going to take you now. Like, you've been in the league, I think, 11 years? Yeah, 12 years. 11 to 12, 12 years. years, yeah. You've been on six different teams? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, question for you, for all the kids that are listening to you right now, like, what are the qualities that you look for when it comes to a really good teammate? 
<sighs> um, I think the first thing that I try to find is humility. Um, but that doesn't mean you don't have swag. That doesn't mean you don't, you are cocky about who you are as a player. But like what I mean by humility is somebody who comes in the gym, works every day and lets their game speak for itself. There's a lot of guys that come in and they just assume because of who they were or where they're from that they're entitled to stuff. And that's not a good teammate. You know, I need a guy that's going to come and, you know, bust their butt every single day and be, you know, humble to their teammates. Like if I say, hey, you know, you've got to work on this. Or if I say, hey, you know, let's do this for the team. You've got to understand I'm not saying that because I'm being selfish or I'm trying to tell you anything wrong. I'm doing whatever is best for us to win. That's all I want to do. You know, I'm a one-time yeah. champion. Um, yeah, I know. I want to be another – I want to be a two-time champion. I, I, want, you know, I want to be a three-time champion. Exactly. The only – Yeah. You saying what I mean? You could be a champion anywhere else, but that's a super champion if you do it in that city. Yeah. But no, I mean, a good teammate is just somebody that's like about their business, but can enjoy life at the same time. Guys who don't enjoy it are not good teammates. You got to enjoy the process. So when it comes for you to be a teammate, is, um, what are some of your traits that you feel like you bring to the table for these guys? Blunt honesty, consistency, <laughs> and I, ha I come in with no ego. I come in and I know my role, like at this point in my career... You know, I'm not trying to go for an all-star. I'm not worried about numbers. All I care about is winning. So if for us to be a better team, if I have to cuss you out every day, I'm going to do that, right, for you to be the best you. If, if I need to um, console you as you cry on the bench, I could do that. I'm not worried about that because in the long run, it's going to make us a better team because we're going to be closer. You know, teammates win games, brothers win championships. And I noticed that. The closer your team is, the more you're able to dig um, on each other about like you, the, the, um, the things you're not good at. Yeah. When we won a championship, the guys on that team would tell me, ah, oh, Channing, you're, you know, you make, you know, we would just kind of like razz on each other about like things that you weren't good at. Oh, you're not good at posting up or this or that. And then you would work on it because you're like, well, I don't want to get made fun of. But in the long run, it made you better. Or I say, oh man, your handles aren't that tight. You know, they used to be in the summer. But now that you're not, you know, now you don't care about it. But that's what I'm saying. Those things made us better. They made us like a better team. And, and to this day, we still stay in touch. We still uh, call each other almost every day, talk to each other all the time. It's just like we're a different group. So, so you said teams, teammates win games, but brothers win championships? Yes, yes. And I mean, you look and, and like awesome. Golden State could be, the most talented team of all time. But if they didn't like each other or want to sacrifice for each other, it'd be easy for Clay Thompson to get upset when Steph shoots 30 times or right. Steph to get upset when Kevin Durant shoots 30 times or Draymond said, well, it's time for me to, you know, to be the man now, you know, but he does whatever it needs to do. He doesn't worry about scoring. All he knows is get the guys who need the ball and play as hard as you can. And they do. And that's why they win. It's because they sacrifice for each other. 100%. That's awesome. Yeah. Talk, you, you've already touched on it a bit, but we're talking about the player's mindset. And in a recent interview, the one you did with Kevin Love, right. I heard you talking about how you can, I heard you say, I can destroy today and I can be grateful for today at the same time. And right. I love that because 
I think a lot of these kids are so worried about how they'll be perceived if they go yeah. out on the floor and are too aggressive. Yeah. What What would be your advice to young kids coming up who really want to be great teammates, but also be able to make a name for themselves and not worry about how guys are going to perceive them if they're not, you know, nice on the court? Uh, yeah, you don't have to be nice. You don't have to be nice. Um, I think you should be amazing to your teammates. You should be amazing to your teammates, right? Um, so and you, you should have their amazing? respect. I mean, you should have their respect when it comes to it. If you are talented, right? Um, if you are the man on your team, and I'm speaking to like, you know, in every high school, there's maybe one guy. You know, there's one at every four high schools in the country that maybe has a guy that is Division two or one qualified, if you do the math. Mm-hmm. So you would say that I'm speaking to those one or two guys. They need to be in the gym like they were the worst player. That's how you earn respect. You earn respect by being early, um, by doing extra, um, not being entitled, um, being um, available to your teammates to take criticism and to to be coached. Um, And I think, you know, for these high school kids, like sometimes you got to decompress. You got to get off the... You got to get off the Instagram. You got to get off all these social media things because at the end of the day, if you play good and you lose, does that make you feel good? Right. Does that make you feel like you need to work? But if you're, if you're posting, you know, let's say something that I get upset about with our young guys in the league is like, they'll have 30 points and we'll lose by 20 and then they'll act mad when I know that they're not mad because they know, well, it wasn't me. It wasn't me, but it was you. Maybe that's the other team wanted for you to score so that you would lose. So what's more important, you or the team? And I think you earn that respect when you know what's best for the team and regardless of how it looks or regardless of what is perceived from the outside, you do whatever it takes to win. And that's it. Sometimes it's not about numbers. Maybe that night you're not supposed to shoot but three or four times because they're playing a good defense. You're supposed to trust your teammates. It's, it's hard. It's It's hard. I mean – it's not normal, but the guys who are great are able to do both. The guys that are great can do what's best for them, and what's best for them is what's best for a team. And that's what makes those guys special. You know, Kevin Durant, special. Steph Curry, special. LeBron, Giannis, Ted Cooper, special. You know? Tim Dunk, I think, special. Yeah. Hey, I, hey, listen, look, you know. I'm just a regular listen and at the same time you got to know you have to have some self-awareness of who you are as a player like do you think like if you look at the NBA everybody's like well I want to be Steph or I want to be Braun or I want to be you know uh, Jimmy Butler or Kawhi Leonard but there's 400 of us and you just named six of the best guys that are talented (laughs) freaks hey listen I had to work my I had to work my butt off I was going to get redshirted as a freshman and had to work every single day to even play. And then from there, I said, okay, if I could work this hard just to play, how much harder can I work to start? And I end up starting. And end up making a name for myself. So that work becomes a habit. And I got respect for my teammates and my coaches and people around and end up, you know, making it to the league. And I just took that to the league. It's working. And I'm not going to be an all-star. I'm okay with that. But guess what? I've been in the league 12 years, been in the playoffs a bunch of times. And I got to test it, Larry O'Brien Trophy. So yeah. I'm good. Boom. Boom. And, but, you know, everybody wants to be a superstar. Yeah. But every, every team don't need five superstars. Right? Be the best you 
right? Ask the coach, what, or you know what you are. If you're a great rebounder, be the best at it. And then work from there. These kids are like, well, I got to be great at everything. No, you don't. Yeah. Like, I remember Luke is no, no matter how much Luke scored, you know what Luke is known for? Passing. No matter what Luke, Luke can have 50, and they would be like, Luke's the best passer. Just amazing what he does. And that's just it. But that's where he got his thing from. Hey, I'm going to make the right play every single time. It doesn't matter if I score or not, but guess what? Every game, you're going to get this from me. And that's what made him great, right? That's why he was on championship teams. So speaking of things not always going your way, you had a year where you had to take a year off. What do you yeah. talk, talk, talk to us about what it's like when things don't go your way? Because we have a lot of kids out there, whether it's an injury or right, you don't right, make right. the team or whatever. How building resilience is a very yeah. unfortunate, like hard thing to come by these days, right? Right. If we don't get what we want. We just go to a different team. If it doesn't work, no, out, no, 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 no. That's entitlement. Talk, That's talk entitlement, to me about right? Resilience. Yeah. Um, I think resilience. I can. The only analogy I got for that is like if you ever look at like the biggest animals in the wilds, right? None of them are pretty, right? They have battle scars. None of them are pretty. If you think about it, they look at these lions in captivity where they don't have any scars, and then you go look at, like, animal planet. These, th- these animals, these lions have one eye, half a paw. It's because they've had to fight for where they're at. It wasn't easy. They've had to fight to live and fight to eat. That's what you got to do. Like, things weren't easy, and, yeah, I had a little pity party, for a couple of weeks, you know, when my heart thing went down. And then I said, you know what? I, I gave everything to basketball. Um, but now, guess what? I'm going to have to give everything to rehab, mm. right? This is my game. So every day I'm going to see if I can get a little bit better, right? And all of a sudden, like, I can only do – I remember the first time I worked out, it took me an hour to do 100 lunges because I was that tired, <laughs> right? I hadn't worked out in, like, seven months. And three months later – I was doing, I was actually in training camp for the Suns, didn't miss not only a day, Coach Hornacek was there, he says, hey, Janet, you know, I don't know what you can or cannot do, but, you know, you could always take yourself out. You're a vet, you know where you're supposed to be, no rush, blah, blah, blah. So we're in Flagstaff, right? We're in, you know, the altitude. I didn't miss, not a, I went to every single rep when I was supposed to, never set out. Didn't get a sub when we had to play pickup and ended up playing all 82 games. So, like, for me, huh? Sorry to interrupt. Is that an intrinsically driven thing? That's something that you've honed over time? Or yeah, feel like that was something that you had a great coach or mentor that beat that into you? Or where does that Um, I think my parents beat it into me. They were like, yo, take this as coal. Like, they would always tell me that. Like, anything that went wrong, they'd be like, take it as coal and use it as fire. Like, take this emotion, go out to the court, and let it go, you know? So I would be on the court shooting or, you know, working out. And just like, sometimes I'd end up like screaming for no reason because it was something that I was upset about a week ago. Or like, I remembered when I was, I would go back to my dad would make me play older kids. And so I was skinny, you know, I was 6'2 in sixth grade. So it was like, imagine a 6'2, barely 105 pounds sixth grader playing grown men, you know? So they're treating me like a grown man. And so I'd remember like, how that felt, like how helpless that felt. And I said, I'm never going to feel like that again. And I said, what do I need to do? So I went to every trainer. Anytime I went to basketball, I said, what do I need to do so I don't feel like this? And I would explain exactly what I'm explaining to you. I don't want to feel helpless. I want to feel like, hey, listen, if I get beat, this guy is either more talented than me or he's worked harder. And then I got to go approach the gym more. 
I got to push myself more. And that's really it. Like, there's no time for a pity party. If you love it, if you want to be good at whatever you want to do, there is no time for a pity party because you could be doing something better and you could be bettering yourself for it. So why sit there and, oh, you know, coach isn't playing me. It's all his fault. No, why don't you go up to the coach, ask him, hey, coach, what do I need to do to play? He's either going to say A, B, C, or D, or he's going to say, hey, you just, it's just not it right now. If he says it's not it right now, you say, thanks, coach. I appreciate that. And you go bust your butt more. So when you do get the opportunity, he looks like a fool. And then all of a sudden, everyone's like, man, why didn't the coach play this guy? I've had that happen. I've had that happen in my NBA career where I was like, dang, am I even going to make it in the league? And then all of a sudden, I go to a different team. Everyone's like, where was this guy last year? <laughs> We're moving on to parenting. So yes. oh, God. I think I know this answer. But when it comes to parenting your own, your own four kids, Hedrick, yeah. oldest, he's eight now? Seven. Seven? seven still. Oh my goodness. Anyway, yeah. so are, are, are you on the track of you and Lauren to pretty much parent them in the world of sports, kind of like your parents did? Are you going to make them be athletes? Are you going to take, keep them off travel teams? Like what, do you have an idea of how this parenting thing is going to work? I do have an idea. And our idea is kind of, I'm more on my mom's side. So I say, hey, listen, my daughter's in dance now. She did ballet. She does tap. Hendrix did flag football. He did basketball. He's doing gymnastics. He does American Ninja Warrior. You know, like they do everything, right? Because I don't want to pigeonhole them into basketball. And you know what's funny? I can't coach Hendrix, right? I can't coach him because he's not me. And I think we're too alike. Because I have the mindset I do and I play at the highest level, I expect that. Now he's seven. And that's not fair. So I said, no, I can't do this because I don't know how to talk to him and communicate to him in a way that's going to make him love it. So he plays basketball and he'll shoot when I shoot sometimes or come to like practice when I work out with another coach who can talk to him and explain things better. And I think for me, Margo wants to shoot now. She starts to get into it. But I didn't say here, like I didn't say anything. She said, hey, Dad, let me shoot with you. And I was like, oh, what? You want to come shoot? Okay, perfect. Hey, you want to go swimming? Let's, I'll put you on a swim team. You want to wrestle? I'll put you on a wrestling team. But I think for me, I'm going to put them in the best situation to be successful at anything they want to be. You know, it doesn't have to be sports. And I think he shouldn't, I, sh- I wouldn't want to be pigeonholed as a person. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to put him in that. He's already going to have a lot of pressure on him, being as tall and big as he is to and play. Being your, and being your son. Right. And being my son. But I refuse. No, no, no. Somebody's not going to tell you what you have to love and don't love. That's just not how we do in my household. So if you want to play a musical instrument your whole life, you better be dang good at it, boy. You're going to be the best seven-foot tuba player of all time. (laughs) Right? And that's it. It's like whatever you want to do, do it. And I think if you start it, that's one thing we do have in our house. If you start it, you got to finish the whole season. There's no quitting. There is no quitting in listen, our house other than that right now, listen to this parents yeah, yeah. that's a huge one do you have any other message or point that you would give parents who are raising athletes like young athletes like how to get involved how much involvement you got to give your kids rest you got to rest in mind these kids nowadays with au right they play you know they play their school year then they have au then they practice and they're working out then they're doing this listen at the end of the day your kid is who he is if he wants to go work out, let him go work out. But don't constantly put pressure on them to just grind things out and work out four, five, six hours a day. 
your kid's workout should be an hour, maybe. If they want to work out twice, they have to work out before 9 o'clock, and then they have to work out after 6. That's the only way to keep your kid healthy. These kids nowadays, I see them in the gym, four, five, six hours. For what? What are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing in there? You're, number one, you're hurting your body. And then mentally, think about it. Go outside. Go be a kid. Yeah. You're taking half away your, your childhood because you're, you have dreams of grandeur. And it's like, where's your kid's childhood? How does he love something when it's been forced down his throat? Like, gosh, del- let your kid be a kid. When you practice, practice intentionally. It's not about... Let no, don't just be out there. Quality. Quality, not no. quantity. Quality. If your kid has a quality workout for an hour, hour and a half, that should be perfectly fine, especially if it's like sports. Like if it's like, okay, I'm going to go out and catch a football for an hour. Done. Then if you want to lift, okay, that's fine. That's something different. Or if you want to do cardio, has to do later. You cannot do all that or else you're going to hurt the kid. You're going to hurt his mind, you know, because it's just too much mentally. Like he should enjoy it. He should want to. Hey, like I used to tell my dad, dang, you know what? I'm going to go run outside real quick. And he's like, that's too hot. Wait till after, you know, before you eat dinner. So I'd go run by myself because I wanted to, not because he was like, yo, go outside and run laps. It's going to make you better, right? And then that way your kid has that inside himself where you don't even need to talk to him. Hey, dad, drop yeah. me off at the gym. Hey, mom, can you pick up like little Timmy and let's go. We're just going to go shoot hoops. Okay, it's fine. Go have fun. That's, there's no pressure on that. Perfect. Your advice is so spot on and exactly how, you know, Susie thinks, but I think as well. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. We, I know yeah, no worries. Well, well, so you have one more practice. You have yeah. one more question. I got to go to Kit. Yeah, Patrick. Susie's got to run, but can I ask you one? Okay. Yeah, please, please. Jenny, Jenny Fry, I love you so much. Thank you. <laughs> love you too, Susie. Come down to LA soon. Oh, we will. Oh, good. All right. We will. Oh, right. right, yeah, we'll see you. See you. See you. The best athletes I know do this. How would you answer that question? The best athletes I know do some form of meditation every day, Ooh. every other day. Shockingly. Tell me, tell me about your, mind, your mindful. If you don't have any self-awareness, right, which comes from turning off the phone, which comes from turning off the TV, going somewhere quiet, whether you go on a walk um, and listen to a certain kind of music by yourself, whether you sit in your room and chill, read a book for a second, for an hour, whether you take a nap, whether you, I mean, whatever it is, you need to find that inner peace. And I think that is something that these kids miss is that they are so caught up into the, again, the social media, the video games, the inside, the, you know, what do people think of me? What do people think of me? But at the end of the day, if you don't have self-awareness, you're basically following the herd based on what you, you'll never make the mob happy. Do you have a daily morning routine or a pregame routine that you do? Me, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do um, yoga in my room, like a quick little flow with okay. my eyes closed. It's, uh, I've tried it out. There's like, such a huge difference in how I play, how I feel. Um, like the calmness, if I'm nervous, it takes away that, that nervousness. Because at the end of the day, you'll talk to yourself and say, wait, why am I nervous? Oh, well, I'm nervous because I... I think I'm going to miss shots or this guy is supposed to be really good. But then you think to yourself, wait a second, I'm really good. Wait a second. I shoot the ball just like he shoots the ball. I've been in the gym like he's been in the gym. I've lifted weights. I've done everything I needed to do to be prepared. And this is fun at this point. That's right. Right? This is fun at this point. And then when you have spatial awareness, you're able to 
feel internally like, you know, my feet are really activated or, you know, uh, my stomach hurts or my back is a little tight. LeBron, he reads books and he does yoga, you know? That's beautiful. Wow. And that's Steve Nash. You do the same thing. Just have his music, take five, 10 minutes and go. I love that. That's Hello? so beautiful. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's so weird. Much. I mean, it's new. Yeah, no problem. I, I have a morning meditation practice too, and I realize same thing. It's like when it becomes your ritual, then yeah. you almost crave it, right? Like, yeah. When you don't That's have stillness. it, off, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a weird, like almost like when you go underneath the water and just sit underneath mm-hmm. there and it's quiet, happening above the water. That is the space that I'm looking for. Right. You know, mentally, where I'm just focused on my heart. I can hear my heartbeat. You know, I can hear my breathing. I'm good. That's beautiful. All good. Well, thank you so much. We so appreciate no your time. This has so many wonderful nuggets in your beautiful body. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, Sorry, I'm trying to see if she's awake. All right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we'll catch you soon. Thanks for being on. All right. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, no problem. See ya. Thank you so much for listening today. For the athletes and parents out there who would like to follow along, you can find Channing on Twitter at at Channing underscore Fry or on Instagram at at Channing Fry and on his own podcast, Uninterrupted Road Tripping Richard versus Channing. Thank you so much for, for listening. And parents, if you enjoyed this and you know other sports parents who are trying to get better at supporting their athlete, please feel free to rate and share this podcast on iTunes. Our goal is to support parents in raising not only strong athletes, but extraordinary people. Let's do this.